Tell the tale of the Trash Goblin with Better Buddies. Hello, and welcome back to Better Buddies. I'm your host, RJ. This week, we've got James. Hello. And Matthew. Hello. It has been a while. It has, but welcome back. Yeah, welcome back, Matt. Welcome, welcome to the party. Oh, it's a party now? It, it's always been. No, it's Did you always clean been. the house before the guests started to arrive, James? Well, it's a party. In that, dude, the party needs to be set in like a natural environment. No, we, right? we both agreed you would clean the house and I was going to go get the drinks and snacks. We agreed I would get the house ready. My definition of ready is like how I wake up to my house every day, which depending on the night before. Okay, but your a, house is a literal dumpster. Here. My house is not a literal dumpster. No, you literally like live in a dumpster. Know. Are you Oscar the Grouch, James? Is this... Is this canon now that you're Oscar the Grouch? One, Oscar the Grouch lives in a trash can, not a dumpster. Uh, Much so nicer property, by the way. Yeah. And, oh, and I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't realize that we had tiers of trash cans here. Oh, like you upper should. echelon of Yeah, I know, because dude. I live in a dumpster, and I have to deal with those nice-ass trash can people, like, back... Bad mouthing me wherever I oh, go. So are, are you in like the the slums of the, the yes. junkyard? Well, like what? What you said in your snippy little comments is more accurate than it seems. There are tiers and echelons of people who live in trash, and I am at the bottom. So thank you for digging up those painful, <laughs> painful memories of my existence. Oh. That is. Still wait, wait, wait. Can we talk about like, like, is it the quality of trash that determines the? Or is it the size of the well, trash can? Or funnily is it like- enough, uh, dumpster living lifestyle and culture actually uh, is part of the tiny home movement. So the smaller yeah. your home, the better off you are. Well, it's like a mashup of like tiny home and van life. You know, those people who like renovate like big white vans and travel around the country. There's like a lower for people in my economic strata. There's that, except they do it with dumpsters. And they travel around the country with uh, their dog. And, <laughs> they uh, travel the country in the oh. dumpster. How do you? Yes. How yes. do you feel about um like those uh, dumpster divers and junkyard heroes, where they go in and they like sift through trash to find treasure? How do you feel about they're, those? They're appropriating dumpster culture, and I'm pretty upset that nobody has uh, really spoken about it. I've had several of those guys steal my hot plates before. Um, so I'm very upset at them personally. That's actually why you're um, on this week, James, is we were uh, going to touch on this later in the episode and give you a platform for you to bring up these issues in trash culture. That is cancel, cancel dumpster <laughs> diving. <laughs> How do you feel about yeah. dumpster babies? Dumpster babies? Um, yeah. Do you just I don't know. raise them they, as your they, own or? Well, the problem is they don't store very well, so you ha- have to kind of cook them right away. Um, Jesus Christ. Okay, we're moving on. This is, nope. this is why you're mad at the nope. hot plate thing? This <laughs> <Moving really on. laughs> there's, there's the left turn, and you took it. Um, nope. No. Editor, editor you don't please. eat babies. Don't eat babies. Well, J- RJ no. and I don't eat babies. James. Well, I'm sorry. I don't. 
I don't prepare them the way that you guys like them. All right. Like you said, I'm not, I don't belong to the fancier, the, the other one day I'll make it and I will make you guys a good casserole. Uh, I promise. Thomas Swift. I hate uh, you. <laughs> <laughs> I am Irish. We do have a rich tradition about, uh, uh, Indecent centering proposal. around joking about proposal? eating babies. Times Is are it tough. Because you don't have any potatoes and that's why you eat babies. Yeah, and like, they're really the like... thing. Yeah, they're the closest thing to uh, to potatoes, really, both in shape and general texture and size. Starch. Yeah, yeah. Babies are very starchy. A lot of people why don't am realize. I, why am I feeding this fire? Nope. We're moving on to our first segment oh, of the show. Feed the fire. Feed the fire. <laughs> the dumpster fire. Yeah. <laughs> hashtag oh, yeah. cancel dumpster divers eat babies. Yes. That's the new hashtag. Yeah. Let's recycle. Okay. Let us every everything needs to be used. Our first segment this week, yes. uh, the Better Buddies Icebreaker. Do you listen to anything while driving, music or podcasts or nothing? I, d- I think we broke the ice enough already by saying we eat babies. <laughs> but <laughs> um, no, I've been taking it well because I haven't been on a lot of the podcasts recently. So when I drive, I use that's when I usually listen to um, Better Buddies. That's when I because uh, I haven't really been into music lately and uh, whether it's like because the i don't know i just can't get i can't connect with the the songs on the radio anymore and i mm. uh, my phone doesn't have a uh ear like a headphone jack and i don't have bluetooth in my car so i can't yeah uh, connect my aux cord so i just sort of listen to podcasts or audiobooks really nice mm-hmm. what about you james um, it's really a mixture for me. Like if it's a really long car trip, I will honestly alternate between like listening to a podcast, listening to music and then listening to, or just like just driving. Mm. Um, I actually really like sometimes just, especially if it's a nicer day out, like just driving with the, the windows down is like kind of nice. Like it's just kind of a nice, uh, like experience or whatever. But, um, I, I honestly listen to a lot of like both podcasts and music when I'm just kind of at home like working out or doing dishes or just kind of sitting around or doing whatever. But yeah, usually when I'm driving, it's like a mix of the three. Cause I usually have an album or two that I'm uh, like trying to work through. I, I try to listen to like, like a quote unquote, like classic album and then like a more like mainstream pop album. So I can kind of have one foot in one foot out. <laughs> um, trying to stay up with the youngins. Yeah, like for instance, this week I've been listening to uh, Doja Cat and Van Halen, so that's been quite the um, okay. That's been quite, that's been quite the pairing. Um, I've actually enjoyed both in varying degrees. Um, but yeah, nice. Do you uh, do you stay with the times to like soothe the babies before you eat them, or is this? No, I I like listening to more mainstream pop stuff because I actually think like there's actually quite a lot of thought and attention that can get put into some of those albums that people don't necessarily pick up on. Um, Like, I don't think you can just write something off just because it's like a mainstream pop album. There's a lot of like cotton candy and fluff for sure. But um, yeah, no. And then I like listening to the classic stuff because there's so much I haven't listened to. Yeah. Nice. I, uh, it depends for me. Usually I got music for like shorter rides. Uh, if it's anything over 30 minutes, if it's like 30 minutes or more, I go podcast. Mm-hmm. And then for like longer, like four hour or more, I usually go podcast until right up until the last like 30 minutes 
or if I start to get tired, I'll switch to music because that'll it's got more of a beat, gets me going. Uh, but like yeah. you said, with uh, yeah. being yeah. outside and like when it's really nice out, just get the windows done and just enjoy the outside. Just yeah, and it, Florida Georgia line and just crank it. I I've I've it's always hard too because like I can listen to maybe like two or three podcasts that are about an hour long in like a row. Um, but usually around like the middle of the third one is when I start to lose interest. And it is nice because with music, you like you're obviously listening to it, but it's sometimes like a less involved experience mm. than like a podcast is because with a podcast you actually have to like really kind of hone in and listen to what's being said. Whereas with music, you kind of just like you said, there's like a beat to it. You can kind of drift and stuff like that. But but yeah. you also said it's just to kind of drive. Awesome. Well, that plays well into our next segment, uh, Better Buddies Recommend, where we recommend a piece of media to enjoy. Uh, I'm going to start us off this week because mine, I think, uh, I think everybody will appreciate it if you like Star Wars, which is everybody. Um, mm-hmm. well, I, found, I don't like Star Trek. Uh, too bad. The uh, I found a webcomic, Blue Milk Special, okay. where... A comic artist, a web comic artist, has decided to take every single, like basically every scene in Star Wars and do a comic on it. Um, and they started with New Hope, so they moved. They did New Hope through Empire, through Return of the Jedi, including the black, uh, including the um, the, like the bl- Black Sun and uh. Splinter of the Mind's Eye books and, like, video games mm-hmm. and stuff that happened in between 5 and 6. Okay. Um, and after they finished 6, they moved on to doing the uh, Thrawn books. So Ooh. is it, like, every scene is a new new comic then? Yep. And it's it's comedic. Then... So, like, uh, okay. Biggs, one of the characters they've taken some liberties with is Biggs Darklighter. Uh He'll, he keeps showing up in things and thinking he's the main character. And, like, will Batman away with his cape and rope. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's pretty much how I uh, that, enter and exit situations. <laughs> as I just um, Batman my way out of them. That's why I'm always carrying a grappling hook. George, uh, for episode four, there are multiple scenes of, like, young and old George Lucas, like, fighting. Because of the edits. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. Well, it is it is funny because like famously that's what people say about um A New Hope is that it was saved in editing by his wife, um, who he divorced, and then that divorce led him to make uh Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, which is why that movie is like so dark. Um he Oof. he and Steve Wilberg have both said that it's like a super dark movie because they were both going through like divorces at the time and they might not have realized it, but they were like channeling a lot of uh, negative emotion into it. But that's interesting. Uh, you guys probably have seen this one before because I think it's the most popular strip that they've done. Uh, you know that scene where Mon Mothma says many Bothans died to get us this information. Mm-hmm. He did the artist redid that one, but Akbar follows up with, "That's the last time I sent Bothans to do anything. Ask him to get me a coffee. All dead." <laughs> that's kind of funny that's kind yeah. of funny that's good very enjoyable what's the style is it kind of more realistic is uh, it cartoon more... it's like very okay. 2d sim- uh, not simplistic but not simple yeah. okay there's a good in between. it's actually found usually that like 
I'm not super drawn to the hyper-realistic, like, style that was actually prevalent through a lot of the, like, even the Golden Age comic books. I admire the style for kind of what it was, but I, I don't find a whole lot of appeal. Well, again, this is a web comic. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I know. But I, like, from some of the Star Wars, like, a main comics oh, I've yeah. seen, you know, they'll go with a super realistic style. So I didn't know if they were going to be, like, no. aping that in any way. No, it's more like a comic strip simple tune style but yeah, oh, yeah. what do you guys got what's who wants to go next what's it called blue milk special blue milk um i guess i can go yeah you can go dude floor is yours uh, so i've been uh watching well i've watched a lot of the like arrowverse shows like throughout their um like runs and i'm i'm really getting into the new superman and lois TV show. Saw a trailer for that. How is that? I enjoy it a lot. It's it's basically focused on the family aspect of Superman. Hmm. And I mean, there's only been two episodes, uh, so they haven't really gotten into um like the the big big bad yet. But it's Superman uh, and Lois have two teenage boys. And, uh, like, it's a, it's a huge mystery whether or not they're going to be more human or more, like, Kryptonian. Okay. So cool. it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's, it, like I said, it's only two episodes, but I really enjoyed both episodes because it's just, like, the angsty teenage, like, wow. what Like, could you imagine, like, the... Like finding out your dad is Superman, like, <laughs> like uh, my dad just saves the world, and and then imagine being the kid who doesn't have superpowers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's the, that's like a huge part of the, like conflict because uh, they're twin brothers, right? And Ooh. one's always been uh, like super good at football, super good at uh, like sports, super like charismatic and like well liked and the other one just has a lot of like psychological issues like anxiety depression uh like has uh outbursts of just total like embodiment of teenage angst and um it's just superman and lois dealing with With that that aspect while also being superman while also dealing with protecting the world from alien threats and uh, like being targeted by the government, but like slightly less targeted by the government because the big general is your father-in-law. <laughs> like, so is that going to be like, do you think that's going to be part of the plot then is like, so the kid who's like very uh, charismatic and like good, like well-liked and, you know, good sports and all that. And is his brother, who's the one with all the issues is that is, do you think that's going to be like the twist? Or that he's going to be the one with like powers, and the the other kid doesn't have them. He's just like very well adjusted. I could see that as like a plot. Yeah, device. it's a version of uh, expectations yeah. there. Yeah. Well, I mean, like if you think about it, like obviously the 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 charismatic, like uh, like athletic version of a human and Kryptonian like union. That would be like your instant thought, right? But like, what what are the yeah. psychological aspects of being 
a mixture of species. Like, yeah, you know, like that that could fuck with your your brain chemistry, and maybe that's like the manifestation of the Kryptonian is just having all of those like anger issues and like, um, you know, just maladjusted yeah. tendencies. Like a genuine biological disconnect from the world around you. Like, I mean, we also don't know like what hormones is, is are going on in his brain. Like, because right, he's yeah, half Kryptonian, exactly. what is he? Is he missing something? Oh yeah, I mean, it literally like, and I, I'm not using this lightly. I mean, it seriously like it. It literally be like having a form of like extraterrestrial like autism. Like, you might not be able to read yeah. social cues because part of your brain would not be programmed in any form or way to read anything like that. It just wouldn't, you wouldn't mesh with people on a certain level. So that would be like an interesting, like, idea to interest. I was the guy who plays Superman. Oh, uh, Tyler Hecklin is uh, one of my favorite actors. I watched him. Well, I, I was a big fan of Teen Wolf, and he was uh, a main character in that. And Teen Wolf is where we got like, Dylan O'Brien. Like, that was his breakout role. And now he's doing. Okay. Maze Runner and American Assassin. I just watched American Assassin. Holy shit, that movie was great. I enjoyed that movie so thoroughly. Just watching uh, it, Taylor Kitsch just be a, just a jackass was. Oh, I remember when this came out. So that was good then. Yeah, I I I enjoyed. I mean, it was just like a pretty run of the mill action flick. With Michael Keaton and Dylan O'Brien and Taylor Kitsch, but I okay. mean, it was, I feel like you would like it just just because of uh, the subject matter of it. <laughs> no, I mean it's always fun to watch. Kind of like just I, I'm not saying like a mindless action movie in a bad sense, but just an action movie that's just kind of like a movie you just don't have to really think about. Mm-hmm. know that much right. yeah. and just kind of like get involved in because sometimes those can be way more enjoyable than watching a movie where there's like a lot of like detail put into it because sometimes the people who make those movies aren't as good at making them as they think they are so it gets really right. um, well yeah because i i also just watched uh shutter island with uh leonardo dicaprio and how is that how is that movie i have not seen that one that one that one you do have to watch. That one you do have to kind of think about. There's like little details in in the scenes that make it like it, it's almost like uh Inception, but it didn't get like the hype that Inception did. Like that's how like psychological it is. You know? What yeah. I mean? Well, I know because like it's a. I think that's Scorsese. Um, and I I know like the big twists and stuff like that. I'm not gonna say it. But um, you no, know, I, I, spoil a twenty-year-old movie. How dare you? Is it twenty years old? Yep. No, it's got to be like fifteen, it's, right? It's it's still pretty old, though. Yeah, yeah it's like no, it. <laughs> I want to say it's like two thousand five or two thousand six, right? Two thousand ten. Oh okay. my god, it's like eleven Holy years old. Holy shit! What Whoa. I I spaced out. What movie are we talking about? Shutter, Shutter Island, Island oh. with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Okay. The premise is he's uh, he's a detective and he's trying to figure out uh, what's going on on the island. Okay. Is it like a horror movie to some capacity? Because I remember the trailers for it were kind of like very... 
not like horror horror. I but like, yeah, I wouldn't say horror. I would say psychological thriller is more the genre of it. You know, like it. Yeah. Like I said, it's very much one of those movies where, um, like, you do better the the more you pay attention to it, right? Like, cause, yeah. I mean, it's pretty easy to follow, but like, you get to see cool little, um, like foreshadowing and like connections when you when you actually like pay attention to it whereas like american assassin you're just like oh big explosion oh it's all cool. <laughs> yeah. close combat you know like close quarters combat let's go nice well, that's why I, wish, I honestly wish too there was less of a stigma like hey against we got off track oh shit sorry yeah all right is this a movie podcast is it it could be um, I can I can talk about I can talk about mine real quick. Um, my recommendation is this movie I watched today called Failsafe. It is uh, from 1964. It was directed by Sydney. I think you pronounce his name Sydney Lumet. It's L U M E T. I don't know if it's Sydney Lumet or Sydney Sydney like Lumet or whatever. Um, <clears throat> but it is a Cold War thriller. Um, about a situation where during a routine kind of like um, like aerial patrol, um, a a like circuit goes wrong in the control room uh, that relays orders to these um, American bombers that are performing patrols in American airspace, and they carry uh, like thermonuclear warheads. And <clears throat> one of the squadrons of bombers is basically given the go ahead to head straight for its target um, and and bomb it un, under the assumption, given the faulty signal that they were given, uh, that uh, like uh, the United States is under attack or faces threat and they're retaliating. Um, so the whole movie centers around both um, the Russians and the Americans in their control rooms. You don't see the Russians, but they collaborate with the Americans. What did you say this um, movie was called again? It's called Failsafe. Um, it's called that because these bombers have fail-safe positions that they go to when they go to a certain level of alert. That basically means past a certain point, they go to these fail-safes. If they get the right signal, they go straight towards their intended targets, and you basically can't tell them to stop past a certain point because these pilots have been trained to be told that like the enemy, the, the communists, the Russians, can like impersonate everyone they know, that they'll fly up and try to stop them, that they could even impersonate... like their wives or the president of the United States. So there's like no way to stop these bombers from uh, actually getting. Question. Yes. Did this come up before or after Dr. Strange love or how I learned to stop worrying and love the bomb? That is a wonderful question. So actually Dr. Strange love came out in January of that year and uh, of 1964 and Ailsafe came out uh, in October of 1964. So clearly both these movies were under production at roughly the same time. I'm not entirely certain as to like the overlap. A lot of people say that like, obviously Dr. Strangelove is the far more like notable film. It's also the comedic uh, one. It's yeah. It's way more satirical. It's way more like, I would say watch Dr. Strangelove. If you want like a, like a kind of dark satiric comedy. Um, and just like the classic kind of Kubrick look. Whereas, like, um, uh, Failsafe is a much more kind of straightforward, like, realistic procedural. It kind of dips at times into, like, almost melodrama or, like, Shakespearean theater. But 
Sidney Lumet is a great director. Um, he also directed the movie, another movie I watched uh, today, which was uh, 12 Angry Men. So okay. he's really good at doing like close up dialogue. He's great at this. Um, a lot of people say that his acting style is very energetic. Um, he worked a lot with his actors. You can really tell that in performances. Um, it's really well done. It's an incredibly depressing movie, uh, but it's awesome. And I would honestly say, like, out of the quote unquote twin movies, that, like exist um and there are many of them like if you're gonna make a double feature for twin movies you absolutely have to watch both dr strange love and fail safe but because i think a lot of people have seen like you have pointed out dr strange love i would recommend fail safe um it i, I watched it because i really like city lumet he did one of my favorite uh, films of all time which i've talked about a lot which is network um mm -hmm. but i would say watch fail safe Absolutely. It's great. Uh, awesome. it's, a, it's a great. Yeah. Yeah. So I had a, I had a fun adventure today. What was the adventure? Well, uh, as we, as I talked about in the group chat a little bit, I went to get the first shot of the COVID vaccine. Yes. Uh, which that was, that was just a fun drive out there. It was like a half hour drive out there to the place to get it. I got it. I had to sit for like 15 minutes and wait for the side in case there was any emergency side effects. And then I left. But while I was getting it, the person administering the shot was like, "All right, what are your, what are your plans for today? What are your plans for the rest of the day? What, do you, what else do you have going on?" I was like, "Ah, I got nothing. Got nothing going on." And they're mm -hmm. like, "Great, you're gonna go home. You're gonna drink a lot of water, and listen to your body. Rest, recuperate, take a nap. Don't do anything strenuous. Listen to your body. Cool, cool. Okay, I could do that." So I went back uh, my dorm room and immediately went on a hike. <laughs> Oh boy. Yeah. And while on that hike fell down. Because okay. there's still like a bunch of ice and mud and stuff. So Did you just did you go on your own or did you go with like your group or I like... went with some of the some of the other people in the building. Oh, so yeah. like and it was a good time. But it was like an mm. hour hike up and down the hills, not at all what the uh medical staff intended of go home and listen <laughs> to your body and rest. How are uh, how are you feeling right now? I was tired earlier. I'm probably going to turn in as early as I can tonight. Uh, and yeah. my shoulder is starting to hurt and ache a little bit. Mm -hmm. So we'll see how it's feeling in the morning. But I'm trying to trying to keep it mobile and moving and used so it's not, like, stiffening up. Yeah, I've heard a lot. I was doing a, I've been doing a lot of reading on, like, a lot of these vaccines and stuff like that. Just, like, news articles and, like, a few, like clinical trials and studies just to see what the different side effects and like actually kind of try and understand what like these things like are um and it does seem like most people are reporting side effects that like crop up usually like uh, anywhere from a few hours to like day after they get the shot and usually it's anything from like like maybe their face like hurts a little bit to like what you're talking about where it's like the shoulder hurting and might even come down with like some aches and pains and like fatigue but <clears throat> a lot of people are saying that it usually passes within uh within uh, like a few i would recommend days. if you would like more information uh where is it um not that one the podcast sawbones has done a few uh in their december 18th episode covid vaccine questions and answers mm -hmm. it was a i listened to it it was a pretty good uh, description from a doctor who, like, went through a bunch of the, like, was part of the clinical trials and stuff that, uh, 
like debunking some of the myths and stuff. It's saying like, okay, they're they weren't rushed. They're not going to give you superpowers or anything. They're not going to rewrite your DNA. Yeah, I I'm still like I feel like a lot of the hype for the vaccines in either direction is overblown. I think I mean, and I say this in the sense that basic with the knowledge that basically everyone within the next year is probably going to have gotten one of these things, um, myself included. Um, but I definitely think it's like oh, it's it's too or no one is any position in any position right now. Not even the scientists, I don't think, to make any claims about like side effects. Because no, nobody knows, like, especially with the mRNA ones, like, that's an entirely new type of therapy that's never really, it's not therapy, but it's like, a new uh, type of vaccine. That's not what done, I heard. Right? It's so, not had, like, widespread usage, but the technology's not that new. What is it, from, like, the 80s or something like that? Something like that, yeah. I was looking, yeah, I mean, I was looking up the one about the, uh, like, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, which is, like, the adenovirus one. Which is the one they used as like a prototype for uh, like the Ebola vaccine, uh-huh. stuff like that. Um, so yeah, like I I don't maybe it's it's probably just me just being like overly skeptical and and cynical to my own detriment. Um, I I just like I don't know if anyone's in the position to be making certain claims right now because we just we've never done something like this before, um, and that's not to say like necessarily don't get it it's not to say i'm not trying to say anything like that i'm just saying like never know until you know um yeah so we'll just have to wait and see um and i'm not you know it is what it is i don't think it's like a cure-all any kind of thing like that no but it's also not like rewriting my dna and microchipping me and changing my brain waves to influence how i think i'm pretty sure (laughs) absolutely what if they're programming you to think that way exactly what if they changed your brainwaves to say that to us to exactly that's exactly what someone who's programmed you fools it's It's been a multi-year-long scheme for me to transmit my brainwaves right into your skull (laughs) i I told you i told you already this tinfoil hat is adhered to my head with uh gorilla glue glue. that's why i had to get you on the show again yeah. Oh no, it's a trap. <laughs> Admiral Akbar. Oh no. Reject humanity, return to monkey, as the wise men say. I oh, know, I thought we were going back to worm. We're going oh, back, wait, to back to sil- worm. <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> reject everything, go back to darkness. Yeah, just just go we back must to fight the that. sun. <laughs> Dude, I'll take on the sun. <laughs> Which would win? Thirty lions or the sun? uh dude i was uh i was watching this uh this twitch streamer uh and he did like uh he asked the like 17 of the biggest youtubers like all these questions and one of the questions was who'd win all of the pokemon or one billion lions (laughs) (laughs) what what is your answer to that (laughs) what is your answer um you said all of the pokemon it's one billion lions what one billion. <laughs> I guess what? my question is, what's the impact of a hyper beam on a lion? Dude, we don't know, but I'll bet you for every one lion they hyper beam, there's going to be like 800 more in their place. Okay, Hold do on, we have an Alakazam running strategy? Let's move. Let's here. Let's do this calculator thing. Uh, well, well, let's. Okay. 
So it's a lot, and it's probably a loss for the Pokemon, but Alakazam's IQ is so high, it's a supercomputer. Conceptually, I think it could run tactics in the scenario. You've got enough grass types and poison types to do area of effect uh, poisons and acids. Every every single Pokemon would have to deal with a 1.25 million lions. You're saying a baby little Charmander is going to take on one fucking million lions? Yeah, but there's also some Pokemon that are literally like the size of office buildings. Also literally gods. <laughs> yeah. yeah. but I mean... And no, also, I, was a, I was a huge Pokemon stand, but it's one billion lions. But the one billion lions are also inhibited by their sheer numbers. They can only get so many lions up to the front at one time. This is true. No, we're not... We're, we're, not, we're, not, we're talking like... It, no, no other factors other than, like, they're, just they're they're in an area where there's a room enough for all of the Pokemon and one billion lions. Yeah, but even still, you can't get all of the lions attacking at once. There's too many of them. It's it's the problem yeah. with trying to build Rome in a day. No matter how many people you throw at it, you'll never you'll eventually hit a point where you can't. Where it's throwing more people at it actually slows it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah but also. Each Pokemon would have to take on one million lions. To co- also to counter the Pokemon stuff, like this is assuming like Pokemon are capable of coordination in any sense. You're assuming that they that they're not just going to behave like wild animals, which they yeah, are. The- right. Eh, so. You're also, you're also saying, yeah, but no, 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 RJ. Like some of the Pokemon are Rattatas. Like yeah, like. It, it, Rattata, Raticate, like, l- literally, you're just, you're taking, like, all, and some of them are fucking Sunkern, like, you're yeah. taking, so it's like, it's like 300 really good Pokemon against 1 billion lions. <laughs> yeah, but those 300 really good Pokemon have moves that can send people to, like, other dimensions, so, like, I don't really know, I, like, to be fair. I can you see can the po- lions winning. But it's not a 9 out of 10 for the Lions. I'd say it's f- f- 6 out of 10 Lions. It's definitely going to be no, a pure. I think it, I think it's I think it's 9 out of 10 Lions. And oh, that I would disagree with. I, 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 no, I, I, I really think... Like, th- just the sheer number of Lions is too much for the Pokemon. Because also... No, 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 because also, you're not... Every single Pokemon is not going to have... One billion powerpoints for their for their. Okay, are like, we they, operating they also, off game rules or anime rules? Because that changes everything. It. I would say uh, anime rules don't count because they're so contradictory to their own rules that they they don't have rules. That anime doesn't have rules. The Onyx cannot get O-code by a thunder shock from a Pikachu. That's not that's not a real thing. That's that cannot happen even if the sprinklers go off in the gym. That's not a real thing. So the rules in the anime don't count. I but the problem is too is like there's plenty of Pokemon that are capable of like flight. A Rayquaza could literally just strafe lions from the air. They never even get close to it. Yeah, but if we yeah, if but we I have think, to... I think Rayquaza would get tired before it beat one billion lions. That's my yeah. If we're operating lions, right? on game rules, power points means that there's no physical way the Pokemon have enough damage output to destroy all the lions right well no, so i'm not then, saying that i'm not saying the lions won't like take heavy losses because like 
They will. Yeah. 100% they will. 100%. They, like, like, all of those... Like, not all of those lions are going to make it. I'm sorry, lions. But <laughs> one billion lions is a lot of fucking lions, dude. Based on PowerPoints alone, a Pokemon can take out probably at max... 100 to 150 lions depending on their move set right 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 see that's where that's where i'm at like if if it was 1 million lions maybe if it was like mm. if it was like a one-to-one one lion to one pokemon ratio 100 percent pokemon all the way but it's 1 billion fucking lions i guess that's basically it's 300 400 million shy of the population of china well, I guess basically a China's worth of lions versus all Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if that's how you need to rationalize it. Yes, if I had a China full of lions. <laughs> against, <laughs> against, against I like pain. 700 animals. Against a pain. New York apartment building. I guess I would pick the fucking China. <laughs> I would pay so much money a, a Vietnam style war movie about the Pokemon going into China to try and kill to all try the and lions. fight the lions. I would, yeah, I would totally do that. Like they know it's a lost cause from the beginning, but they do it anyway. I'll come in and hear it for it to go into like run to run through the jungle or whatever. That'd be great. That'd be awesome. I would totally watch that. Okay. Portals wearing born to kill helmet. That'd be dope. <laughs> but other other one. other questions on the questionnaire was uh, there was a oh it, if you if you bake two lasagnas and then stack the lasagnas oh, that's on from top Rooster of each Teeth. other yeah how many lasagnas do you have one I would two. still say two I no. would still say two you bake them separately it doesn't matter you bake them, the lasagna you bake conceptually them is a layered uh, pasta dish you've just added more layers on top. Yeah, but it's two individual. Like, if I made two sandwiches okay. and put them on top of Question. each other, it would technically be one sandwich, but I'd it'd still be two sandwiches. Is a layer cake two cakes? Yes. Well, it depends on how many layers, because technically, by definition, it's a cake on top of another cake on top of oh, another Oh, because cake. I'm well, going with the idea one cake. of... It is the, served as one cake, cake, but you don't... Yeah, but you don't eat... You don't eat pieces. You don't eat like a giant piece, like with all of the layers. Yeah, you do. Well, you do. No, no, no. like <laughs> a layer cake. You, literally, you, know. you can do like two layers of cake with a layer of frosting in between and frosting on top. That is served as one cake, and you can have a slice of that one cake. Oh, I was thinking. I was thinking more like wedding cake, where where the the layers are different sizes. I guess that was my mm-hmm. picture, but that might be my own yeah. internal biases as to what a layer cake is intention is to make one cake though if your intention with the two lasagnas was to make one lasagna yeah but a bigger lasagna would have a longer cook time and you need to shorten the cook time but i'm so my thought process is two lasagnas in in order to make a layer cake you have to bake separate cakes you have to bake more than one cake to make one layer cake right yeah but just because it's one layer cake does not mean you didn't also make six layers, you know, six cakes to make the layers. But by that logic, then uh, you have you have made one lasagna out of two lasagnas. So it's one. lasagna. Yes, but no, but you made two lasagnas and then put them on top of each other to make a single lasagna. 
No, because yeah, but what if you the, cooked them at separate times? This is assuming that you cooked them at the same time. What if you what if you cooked a lasagna, put it in the freezer, took it out of the freezer, cooked another lasagna, thawed the the one freezer lasagna, put put the new you, lasagna on top of the old lasagna? It still operates by cake law. There is a I, difference. I think lasagna making, and cakes are separate entities. There's a difference between making a triple decker sandwich and two sandwiches on top of each other. And what's Correct. the difference? Difference would be that you're you start out with one which has the intention of multiple layers, even though if you cut that middle slice of bread in half, it could technically be two sandwiches. Like a Big Mac? Oh, I guess what if we what if sure. we went what but if we went the opposite way? Sandwich. What it's if we went the opposite way? What if what if we what if we made one sandwich and cut it into two? Would it then be two sandwiches? Or would it would it not just still be, be one sandwich? It would be one sandwich split into two. So right. if you make two separate lasagnas, that's completely different in construction, let alone from concept in making one big lasagna. That's my argument. Yeah. I am hmm. going to abide by the cake layer theory. Uh, <laughs> let's answer some advice questions. Let's answer to, uh... some real questions, though. Yeah, let's answer some... Wait, these are real questions. Are asked, real questions. Just because I asked the questions doesn't mean they're not real. All right, right here, I got a que- here's my question for you, then. In common fantasy media, uh, reptile women are presented with humanoid breasts. Yes. Should they have those or not? Is it a sexualization of the, uh, of the, of women? Or is it, uh, biologically incompatible for a snake person to have humanoid breasts? Uh, I would say that, uh, snake people should not... Well, okay. So, are we talking like like lizard lizards, or are we talking about like mythological like Lamia uh, lizards? Because like mythologically, Lamias have those features, right? Welcome to the debate that has been raging on Dungeons and Dragons, our Dungeons and Dragons memes for the last two weeks. Are they human, like lizard or reptilian hybrid? Does it matter? Yes. Yeah, I would say it does. I, yeah, because because then they would have the mammalian genes to yeah, have yeah. breasts, right? Because that's the whole argument here is because they're lizards, they shouldn't have mammalian breasts. And because they shouldn't have mammalian breasts, they shouldn't have titties, you know? Yeah. That's the, yeah. That's the argument. But if, if there is, it's like that Kryptonian like human thing. like. Yeah, exactly. What genetics got spliced in? Yeah, what yeah, genet- like, like how genetically do they fit together? I guess, but like like I said, there's also a mythological thing where it's like, well, are these like descended from like Lamias? Like, cause cause I think Lamias are Greek or Roman, right? I mean, yeah, I don't, they are. I don't sure. Yeah. Mm. Or like like a like a Gorgon, right? Because uh, they have the snake hair. I, it's not exactly a lizard person, but y- you get my drift. Like mythologically. Yeah. You need to look at the mythos behind the the lizard people. If it's like Argonian, hell no, they shouldn't have breasts. You know, oh. like because those are lizard people. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but if you're talking like, um, V, like like they are lizards, but they but they hide themselves as mammalians. You know, like then yes, because they're hiding, they should have breasts. But like yeah. not real breasts, you know. Yeah, yeah. I just want to introduce that's my stance on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just want to introduce my dumb uh, debate that I've had to watch play out on the internet. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. What's your take on it? Man, I don't give a fuck. 
I don't, I, just give me. Just, it's your just, Dungeons and Dragons game. If you want to have snake titties, have snake titties, man. Dude, yeah, that's as what you should take from this entire having pod- fun And nobody is <laughs> upset by title. it. <laughs> that should be the title of this snake episode: titties. is American Assassins and Snake Titty. <laughs> I'm not titling the episode that because it goes on Facebook. That is that is true. Um, should snakes have titties? Our next segment Wait, of the you know show. What? Hold on, let's ask no. our viewers. Should snakes have okay. titties? Your <laughs> listeners, email us betterbuddiescast at gmail.com. Should snakes have titties? Our next yes. segment where we answer some worse questions than that. How to be a better buddy, give some real and some comedic advice. Here we go. The first question. Here we go. Why would a friend ignore you all of a sudden? I haven't done anything to him. I don't care to lose him as a friend. Further details. He is not worthy of my friendship. He ignored my calls and texts for no reasons. This is a big yikes for me. Uh, And maybe because I have, like, experience with dealing with people like this, but, like, fuck you, guy. Honestly, this, like, I I 100% guarantee it has nothing to do with you. If it had anything to do with you, they would say something. They would tell you if they had an issue with you. And just the fact that you're thinking about ending a friendship over this just proves that you're a shitty friend and you shouldn't be their friend anyway yeah i i mean i would say if there was a personal correspondence that was happening and then it like you know just suddenly cut off i i kind of agree with matt to an extent where it's like maybe you should instead of taking a more like defensive tone maybe you should kind of kind of gently kind of prod and ask you know what might be what might be up what might be going on um, cause and he's right. Very easily yeah. could just be, they have a life situation going on where they don't have time to inform you. Like, right. Uh, I mean, right. I've talked a lot about this before, but I, I think people like our age, like in our generation, just because of all the tech we have around of us, like there seems to be this need for like constant, uh, like communication, um, yeah. which I, I don't necessarily think is a bad thing i think it's good that like people are talking with each other and you know especially nowadays like it's good to to you know reach out to people and get that kind of interaction but i think it, i've noticed with me personally like it will breed unhealthy tendencies where i i in either direction where i i, I will either totally shut down or i will just like like consistently message somebody to the point where i'm like obsessing over it so I definitely think like a balance needs to be struck, which it sounds like maybe this is one of those situations. So, so chill out. Like, and yeah. <laughs> give it a hot minute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, like my, my other issue with this is, uh, like they're positing this question to the internet, right? Like, like mm-hmm. somehow they are a victim here. Like, oh no, this guy's ignoring me. How dare they? I'm clearly in the right here because I'm asking Yahoo answers. <laughs> what? Like, of course I haven't done anything. And maybe, maybe you, you, you haven't. Maybe you have, and they're just not ready to tell you what you've done. Like, you just, just give people their. People need to have agency to be your friend. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's kind of like any relationship, like any type of relationship, a friendship, a romantic relationship, even a parental one, where it's like it, you need to be individuals as much as you are both like friends or you know, uh, you know, parent and child or just a couple. Like 
the all those relationships imply both at like a close proximal association as well as like an autonomy on the part of both groups it's gotta be a give and take yeah if you don't have that autonomy if people don't feel like they're still kind of people um then it kind of creates this bizarre i think i've said this before it creates like a bizarre like half Cronenberg situation where people just become kind of like melded with each other and it's just it's never a good situation for anybody yeah I've been in relationships like this I've seen relationships like this it's it's clearly not healthy when either one or both people feel the need that they can't do anything without the other person Um, yeah certain extreme circumstances that is like there are healthy relationships that come off of that kind of dependency if it's like i would say they're probably very few and far between i mean i'm pretty sure a baby kind of needs to be attached to the hip for right some of the time yeah yeah, yeah 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 if you ignore your your best buddy the dumpster baby um yeah, please they're gonna get eaten yeah. by james that's basically <laughs> what's gonna happen yeah i mean either it's a it's a win-win either way i mean either you say that's not a win-win shut up james. Or, I, or i get dinner so you, you make your choice uh, next question uh <laughs> we're moving on from that next question yeah. is this sad only five people wished her happy birthday on facebook only five of her friends did why does it matter <laughs> why are yeah. you asking people on the internet about this person who has five birthday. friends it's not even yeah. your birthday like this is the same kind of unhealthy like relationship that we were talking about in the last one except it it, it doesn't no well, it's not sad <laughs> i've said it's i've said it a lot before and i'll say it again like it's pretty clear that a lot of people use the internet just to literally vent like stuff that's either always on their minds like consciously or subconsciously and like the thing is, it's good to release that, but the problem is, if you have such a Reddit, like a readily available release mechanism, you get trained to just release and not do anything about it. So, like, you you spend all your time venting about stuff, but then you take no actual, practical, physical, real world action to solve your problems, um, and you you wonder why like life doesn't change, uh, and that seems to be the case with like some of these people where it's like maybe this person maybe it is kind of sad maybe this person literally doesn't have that many friends maybe they were like looking to facebook to see like oh you know maybe someone's gonna say you know happy birthday to me no one really did in my real life maybe someone will say it on facebook and maybe she only got five people to do it on the other hand maybe she doesn't use facebook a lot maybe five friends of hers are really good friends and they all went out like maybe people don't know her as well yeah, my exactly. question is, my question is, were you one of those five friends or like, did you not wish her happy birthday and then ask other people on the Internet about these question. other five people? <laughs> That's a very good question. Yeah. Were you, were you one of the five? If uh, you're not one of the five. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. Rescinded. Yeah. Uh, our next question. I'm going to skip down one. Uh, mm-hmm. Should I go to my friend's party even if they are younger? Uh, further details, I'm 30, but some of my friends from work are having a little party. We have been in quarantine and are negative. Now, my friends are around 23 to 25 years old. Are they close to my age? Yes. Yeah, I would say yes. so. 100%. It's, I mean, the the as long as you're not partying with under 21-year-olds. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess if if this is a alcohol uh, yeah. party. But, like, but like if, there, if it's just a hangout... 
just hang hang out with people we're we're yeah we're we're in a world where like it's so hard to come by like genuine human Mm -hmm. connection especially in this like little time period and if you guys are all practicing like safe social distancing like yeah of course you should go and hang out because not a lot of us get that chance right now yeah i i agree with that yeah five years is not that much time when you're like addendum when you're like 21 to 23 and talking about someone older than you james i swear to god don't even start no we're moving on we're not giving (laughs) you an opportunity no wait i was i was gonna say hold on james i was gonna say having worked with some people like when i was working at one of my jobs where i was like uh 23 uh going into this job and there were some people who were like in their mid 30s now that age discrepancy that's a big deal because that's the difference but that's a difference of sometimes of like 12 years so that's like a kid who just got out of college and like a fully functional adult with like a real life and a job and maybe a, even a mortgage and shit like that. But this difference, like even the seven year old they are, could have a kid going into college. Exactly. Even a difference between like of twenty three and thirty, like maybe that's a little bit, you know, that's a little old. That that's wider, but it's reconcilable. So I don't think you should be too worried about that um, at all. Once you get out of college, like age doesn't really doesn't really matter that much anymore but like between the people who've like gotten out of it not necessarily everyone's kind of on a need there you go our next question is this rude is it rude to ask someone why they're crying i guess it depends on the situation right and how you're asking like yeah. and if you know them yeah and if you yeah if you go up to somebody who's just rant like crying like hey you're just, up, you're just in there yeah, it, mm-hmm. and you're just it, like sort of in their face, like what? Why are you crying? Like you better shape up, or I'll give you something to cry about. Yeah. Okay, Dad. Oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Pointy in there. No, no. Yeah, I mean, like if you just hit somebody with your car and you come out and you're just like, "Why are you crying? What's the problem?" <laughs> You I'm just like, somebody. Oh my god! Are what? you crying? Are you? Are you crying? What a nerd! Cry? Are you getting assholes crying over here? <laughs> no. Gonna shit your pants, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you gonna cry? You gonna cry? Oh, your arms bending the wrong way? Oh, boohoo! There are children starving in fucking, Africa, right? Fucking Spider-Man three. Oh, you gonna cry like that <laughs> meme? <laughs> There's no crying in baseball. Rub some dirt in your eye. Um, no, yeah, I. But I, I don't think I, I don't know. Like I know if I was like crying in public and a stranger came up to ask me, like most of the time I would be pretty averse to that, maybe. But it really in that moment, like you, know, you never know. Maybe someone really is at the point where they're like the thing that would honestly make them feel like a human being is having someone coming up to them and asking them the acknowledgement of their emotion. Right. It's just just how you do it. I think it's, you you really got to broach that subject. Like tenderly. Yeah. Very, very tenderly. All right. Why the fuck you crying, bitch? (laughs) (laughs) Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Unless you're Jay, <laughs> he walks up to a little kid in the dumpster. Why are you crying? And then he's like, hey. you know what? I like the salt. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> listen, listen, you're not not young enough for me to eat, so you shouldn't be crying for that reason. But I am gonna sell you, so you should be crying. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna oh cut that. I'm gonna cut that. Oh my god, <laughs> he's talking about eating babies, selling children, or dating them. Like, no, nope, no. Nope, nope. Okay, and <laughs> jumping back in here. <laughs> games. That's what they Shut call up. me. <laughs> jumping back in. Our last question this evening, which I think you guys will like this one. Since my wife is fully Russian and my kids will be half Russian, does that mean they'll be badass? I think uh, everybody has the propensity to be badass. So just because they're half Russian doesn't make a lick of difference. But like, yeah, I, d- I definitely think there is a uh, even with uh kids of Russian parents or even just like generally Slavic parents who might not have grown up in the home country. I think there's always kind of a, an interesting look to them. And I don't mean that in like uh, even a bad or like a supplicatory way. I mean that in more of like a, I don't know, Slavic people have this very um, tired, but like distinguished look about them. Usually I think Um Kind of like how the Irish look very uh, jolly and yet bloated at the same time. Uh, it's because they're always drunk, Jake. Yeah, dude. That's my biggest fear. Is jolly and bloated is because we drink so much. I'm so worried, like, like with my uh, with a predominantly Irish like uh, American heritage. Like, I'm really afraid of getting that Kennedy face where you just get like an inner tube that inflates around like the the back like third of your your face just stop and stuff drinking. like that. Just stop drinking I, and it won't, yeah. it won't happen. It won't happen, I, buddy. I do, but then I have to cut myself. I, I have, yeah. I, but then I have to cut myself off from the, the, uh, the life force. Just splice uh, your jeans with some Kryptonians or lizards and grow some breasts and you'll be you'll be fine. You won't have the Kennedy I, face. And my breasts will be the ones that, uh, that, that get bloated. And that's really only going to serve me well. That, that's you not could become to... a Twitch streamer. I could. So, James, Holy... so the answer to this question is James is going to become a Twitch streamer. You think they'll ever get to the point where they oh, can I... surgically put breasts on a man and it looks like, like totally just like you wouldn't you you would think that he came out of the womb that way. No, nobody comes out of the womb that way. Well, I no, but I mean, like, <laughs> I came out of the I came out of the womb with these breasts. Okay, <laughs> they're all natural from day know. zero. Yeah, the I these in the womb. Naturals, big mommy milkers that oh everyone loves. Okay. Big, that uh, massive red- mommy milkers, <sighs> the triple M's. That's it's truly, truly, that's what the people want. They I'm don't want to dig a hole and take a nap in it, dude. You're you're gonna be a great editor. For this one, oh, you're gonna have to right. be. There's gonna be a bunch of redacted. Just <laughs> you're assuming I'll redact things and not just remove them completely, dude. Damn I it. think it would be so much funnier if you just like put redacted. Just like whenever James said anything, so like it'll be James saying three words and then redacted, redacted, yeah. redacted, redacted. All right, let's God. wrap this up. Oh yeah, you can find me on Twitch at Twitch.tv/slash Maddie underscore Misplays. And there James go. is going to be on Twitch plug. soon. Oh yeah, with huge lizard breasts. I get my big <laughs> reptilian natural. I promise I will start a Twitch stream. Just need he came more. out of the womb both as a lizard and with breasts. I came out of the womb ready as hell to do it. Nature just deprived me of the uh, 
the initial goods. So I just need $3 billion for some startup capital. And I almost within 10 years, I will have big reptilian naturals. That's a James Kukon guarantee. Okay. Thank you for I joining will, us, uh... fellas. Uh, I guess. No problem. <laughs> this Thank is you. why I haven't been on the podcast in a while. is because the you shit happened. a red light podcast where we just talk like the worst the worst shit, the worst jokes. I could start that. I can't we get banned it, after two episodes, but okay. We would totally we'll get do canceled. It. Hashtag cancel James. Hashtag cancel culture. Uh, <laughs> thank you to the band Problem of Interest for letting us use the song Living in the Moment off the album Cross Off yesterday. Rumor is they have some new music coming out, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, so look, f- watch iTunes and Spotify for that. We're on iTunes and Spotify. Like, subscribe, comment. Uh, recommend, rate, all that fun stuff. Fan art. Don't forget the fan art. We've been missing the fan art we these last couple of months. We've been missing fan art. You can send that to our social media. James is a lizard woman. With big Please don't. <laughs> but only send it to James. We're on send it to Twitter <laughs> at Better Budcast. Use the hashtag Better Buddies. Facebook, Better Buddies. We do meme Mondays. Send us some memes. And Gmail, like we said earlier. Send us your thoughts on lizard tits to betterbuddiescast at gmail.com. Also send us the fan art, hate art, fan mail, hate mail, declarations of love and or war. Or if you have questions you need answered or recommendations for an icebreaker. And last but not least, be a better buddy. Hello. Oh my god. Oh my god. It's Hames. Hames. Kamehames. Hello, everybody. Oh. The and man. We don't get Calvin this week. No Calvin this week. Oh. Damn. It's okay. I'm I'm one step closer to reclaiming my throne. Of- <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It's mm-hmm. almost. Yeah, I'm pretty sure right. I still hold the top spot, though. I, I would hope so. Who knows? Would hope so. You're not yeah. even in every episode anymore. <laughs>